This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Ghosted by Roz Hernandez, the podcast where I talk to celebrities, comedians, even you, all kinds of people that I like, about the paranormal. I would like to wish you a very spooky, happy Halloween. Can you believe it? It is the most wonderful time of year, and I hope you have such a lovely Halloween this year. I know that I am. Because this TV show I'm on is now out. You can binge away. The show is called Living for the Dead. It is on Hulu. It's on Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't know every single country where—I'm so sorry. Um, wherever you live, if it's not in America, you can find it. Don't worry. Just, uh, you know, hop on Google or whatever. But I promise you, I want you to see the show. I want you to love it. The show is so spectacular, and I get to be joined today by the two people that originally created the concept of this show. They also are the executive producers. It's C.J. Romero 
and his best friend, Kristen Stewart. I mean, can you believe this? I know Kristen Stewart now. It's, I don't know what my life is. It's been a wild ride, but here we are. And we're going to be talking about their paranormal experiences. We're going to be talking about the TV show. We've done it all month. It's been five weeks of talking about the TV show. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to the last four episodes with the other hosts of the TV show. And um, yeah, I hope. Are you liking it? Are you enjoying the show? Please make sure you're telling your friends about it, posting about it. You know, giving it good ratings if there's a place where you can do that. Trying to spread the word about it. I wanted to just briefly tell you, if you haven't yet watched, about some of the episodes. Oh, my God. So the first one is the one at the Clown Motel, which is a clown-themed motel that is right next door to a cemetery in Tonopah, Nevada, which was really far out there. And... um. Absolutely terrifying. Now, I love clowns. Don't get me wrong. I was a clown as a child. My father is a professional clown. Yes, I'm a Nepo baby. I love it. But um, then you add ghosts and sinister, dark vibes, a cemetery next door. Terrifying. Anyway, then after that, we go to a place called the Copper Queen in Bisbee, Arizona. This is the place that we stayed at. We'll talk about it today on the episode. We've been talking about it. Oh, my God. It was such a scary experience for all of us that were there. It is an old historic building hotel in a mining town where there's just been so many deaths over the years and very, very dark vibes, and the people that work there are just nonstop dealing with it, and so did we. After that, we went to Scottsdale, Arizona, and this was a home investigation. This was a private investigation. A woman was dealing with a presence in her mansion to the point where she wasn't even going to live in the mansion. She actually was living in the guest house. She didn't want to go in the mansion because it was so bad. And uh, that one, some astonishing things happen on. You have to check that one out. After that, we went to a very famous haunted place called the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which is an old hospital tuberculosis sanatorium. It's one of those places that, honey, she has been on every list, every TV show, the most haunted place in the entire world. Many would say, um, did not disappoint. Actually, when we were there, a time when we weren't even filming, there was somebody behind me moving around. And I was like, who is that over there? And I was with the executive producer, uh, showrunner, Elaine. She's like, just so you know, that's the body shoot over there. There's no humans that are over there. It was <sighs> so creepy. I also saw a ghost at that place. Um, then we went to a gorgeous theater called the Palace Theater, which was also in Louisville, Kentucky. Same place as Waverly Hills Sanatorium. I love Louisville. Um, that place, wow. Beautiful, so beautiful. The people that work there are like a family together. They lost somebody in their family that worked there, and we were able to make contact with him. It was so beautiful. Magical, magical, magical. Um also, you know how there's like these places 
always have like the famous ghost that's been the ghost for years. Well, we actually connected with the famous ghost's grandson and went on the investigation to try to connect them. It was really something. Um, Then another one we went to was a strip club in Las Vegas. Personally, if you ask me, this is my favorite episode. I just felt so empowered after this episode. The women that worked in this club, the Palomino, they were incredible human beings. And um, I just had a couple of moments that I will never forget when I was doing this investigation. There's also a moment that might be a little controversial that happened with a spirit box and a name that the spirit box called me. You'll have to see for yourself. Um, Then after that, we went to a freezing cold (laughs) former funeral home uh, that was completely falling apart called the House of Wills in Cleveland, Ohio. And wow, um, (laughs) very, very scary place. I mean, probably thousands of dead bodies had been in and out of that building so many different things within history that would contribute to it being haunted. And um, yeah, I, I would be so happy never going back to that building. Then the final one was the Lemp Mansion, which is in St. Louis. Beautiful place, beautiful family that owns it. And um, I got physically ill from a from a ghost, I believe, in that place. I personally saw... I believe, a shadow figure-type ghost in that building. Um, It ended up being a really beautiful investigation that had uh, some queer elements to it in terms of the spirit. You know, a lot of people that haven't seen the show yet think, oh, is it just queer ghosts? Well, that's a little complicated because, you know, historically— we people didn't always use those words. I don't ever want to label somebody as queer or gay or trans or whatever if they never themselves said it. Um, but in our research and from talking to a man that literally wrote the book on this location, it was a lot of things led us to believe that one of the ghosts there lived a queer life, whatever that might mean. Um, It was a beautiful time. Very scary, though. Anyway, okay, so go check it out. If you're not sold yet, just wait till you hear this conversation today with the executive producers of Living for the Dead, currently on Hulu, Kristen Stewart and CJ Romero. On with the show! I don't believe it. This whole month... I have been talking about the new TV show that I am honored to be a part of called Living for the Dead. And I've talked to Juju. I've talked to Alex. I've talked to Logan. I've talked to the other one. Ken. Ken. (laughs) And now I get to talk to the creators of the show, CJ Romero and Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> CJ has never done a podcast. Kristen, I feel like I haven't heard you on many podcasts. I'm very honored that you've done this. Thank you. I haven't done so many podcasts. You're right. I've only done like podcasts with journalists and film writers. That and- felt like shade. 
That felt <laughs> like I only do it with professionals. Uh, oh, really? Oh, I thought you meant that I was shading the professionals, which I completely am. I'd much rather hang out with us. Yeah. Yeah. I am a ghost journalist, and <laughs> I really cover the important news that happens in this world. Um, well, I have actually, over the years, many times Googled celebrities with ghost stories as I look for guests to have on the show. And I feel like, Kristen, you've you've made yourself on a lot of these lists. Like, people have <laughs> people have always included you talking about your ghost stories. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I definitely, I guess I have, I have them. So that makes sense. People ask me a lot of questions. <laughs> well, we tell, we tell people, like everyone we know, like any opportunity we have, we're like, we have ghost stories. So maybe it comes from that. <laughs> In case anyone's interested, we do have ghost stories. Um, well, the two of you are best friends in real life. Mm -hmm. And um, first of all, how did you guys come up with this idea for this TV show? Um, do you want to start and I'll uh, pick up or do you want me to start and you can pick up? Oh my God, cute. Um, okay, you can pick up. I'll start. <laughs> Basically, it was completely CJ's idea. We were having like brunch and I wasn't like keyed into the conversation he was having. And I overheard him talking about like, like a gay ghost hunting reality show. And I was like, wait, what? What is that? Like, that's the best. Idea. Like, when can we see that? And he's like, no, I'm saying like, it would be cool if we did that. I screamed like <laughs> an old queen and went, holy shit, that's like the coolest, <laughs> funniest. I could like picture it immediately. And then we fucking found the right partners and like made it happen, which is not something that either of us have ever done before. So we are like, yeah, very, I'm very proud of my boy. Oh, thank you. Were you watching a lot of these shows already, CJ? Yes. When I was younger, I was so into like Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, all of those. And I just wasn't seeing anyone that was like me. And I was like picturing like, how fun would it be to do it? Like the original concept was like, I would go into these haunted locations. And like, as far <laughs> as like being an expert, I am not an expert. Like I'll just fully like own that. But I'm such like a fan of the genre. And I was like, I want to like go and like, crawl in these like creepy attics and like find <laughs> ghosts and then ultimately like run out of the building screaming because as you know Roz we've been on a couple of ghost hunts together I am a wussy <laughs> puss cat like and that's exactly what I what I had pictured of the show and it evolved into something like stronger and more beautiful and like something I'm so proud of I love it anytime people are doing something different with the genre or just anything paranormal, doing it differently. And I know that there have been shows where they're hosted by people that don't necessarily work in that field or, or you know, have a lot of experience with it. And I enjoy those and I think they're fun. But you guys found some pros like these people. <laughs> tell me about that process. Where did you find these people? <laughs> where do we find you? <laughs> It was really interesting. Kristen, we posted like a casting ad on my Instagram and Kristen did a video and it kind of just went everywhere. And that was, I think, the first moment we realized like, oh shit, it's not just me in my mind that wants to watch this show. There's a need for this show out there. Mm. We got like over like 1,200 submissions, something like that. I think we got more, baby. I think we got like, I don't know, like... A lot. Six, a lot. I don't know. A lot. Yeah, the casting process was the most important part because we had kind of a general idea for like archetypes, but then in actually meeting human beings that were going to lead us through this, it was like, oh, wow, the show got 
a sort of like air of seriousness while still retaining the obvious like sort of levity that a bunch of queers bring to a scary situation because obviously uh-huh. we traverse some treacherous lines in real life. So I just was like, okay, so it's so much more than LOL actually. And you, Roz, honestly, like, thank God you were there too because when things do get like too sticky, do you use humor like to diffuse all sort of discomfort in your life? Because it, you're <laughs> fucking talented at it. So true. Thank you. Well, you know, I have had conversations with people a lot about it being a defense mechanism. And I've known people that are comedians that would say that that's how it is for them. And I think it is to an extent for myself. But I don't know. I just always think that there's something funny in everything if you let there be. And I've seen it happen in some tough situations in my life where it's like there is funny here. And even if it's just for a moment to just kind of like not get super overwhelmed by fear or sadness or whatever, just to put a little just like a quick little breather where you can just calm that down for a second and then get back to the sadness or scariness or whatever. To me, it helps. And I love doing it. I think that's what makes this show relatable when watching it. It'll be like getting so serious. And then we can just cut to you and you like just know how to like Comfort us. (laughs) Yeah, comfort us. Because when you are scared as a human, you're like, you can't like stop laughing. You know what I mean? Well, because here's the thing. I'm the only normal one on this show. Okay, there's we got three people with magic powers. And then we got the other person that literally sleeps in coffins for fun. I'm the only one that's a normal human being that gets terrified in these situations. And I'm sorry. CJ and I are very similar. When CJ said that he wanted to see someone like him on TV, you got your wish, babe, because both of us were scaredy cats because CJ was on the road with us when we were out there shooting. And CJ, should we tell a story? Yeah, let's do it. I'm sure, Kristen, you've heard our stories, but just for the listeners real quick. I'm, I've never been more jealous than anyone than you, Kristen Stewart, for not having to go to the Copper Queen Hotel <laughs> in Bisbee, Arizona. My favorite town in the world. Like, honestly, I'm obsessed with that town. I've been looking for houses. Um, however, this hotel was hell on earth. And CJ and I had a real rough time. It was so rough that we literally, you wouldn't let me leave your side until the sun came up. <laughs> <laughs> well, because everyone else was going to sleep. Everyone else was totally just chill. Alex was uh, starting a relationship with a ghost, it seemed. Like, <laughs> the, at least a friendship or something. They were best friends. Julia, yeah. Julia the ghost. <laughs> what is it about the sun coming up? It really does just diffuse all illusion. You're like, oh, I'm good now. Okay, bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I really needed you. We We were... Coiled around each other, but then, like, as soon as the sun comes up, you're like, oh, okay, see ya. All right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for everything. Well, so long story short, basically, this one night, we had already had some terrifying stuff happening during the investigation, and the night is over. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to bed. CJ is staying up too. We're hanging out downstairs with some crew members in the lobby, and all of a sudden, a coffee pod like a keurig little thingy which were in all of the rooms flew down the stairs somebody threw it down the stairs and we made the men go up there to go look around and see if there was anyone and they said there was nobody and it came out of nowhere 
And I, I grabbed a lot of people by the shirt collars that whole week. And I said, tell me, was it you? And they were all like, no, it wasn't. Stop. And I was like, was it you? It wasn't anybody. It was very scary. I've never seen something get thrown by a ghost. Yeah. That, to me, was the scariest because we all had an agreement, too, like at the beginning of filming, like, A, no messing around, like no pranks, like we're filming a ghost show. Like, let's not screw with each other like that, especially with like cast. And then furthermore, if you do, just like come clean about it, like no hard feelings. And I think we filmed that fourth. And I think every episode after that we were filming, I would ask like, so was it you that threw the coffee pot? And no one ever fessed up to the coffee pot. So when you told me this story, I thought you said coffee pot. And it has really changed the little piddly pod that like yo-yoed down the fucking stairs. I pictured like a crashing coffee pot, like, like shattering. And so it's still scary for sure, but it was more dramatic. <laughs> that would be better. You're right. Professional storyteller, Kristen Stewart. <laughs> oh my God. But unfortunately... It was a pod. It was just a little one. But CJ and I were looking at the staircase when it happened. Mm-hmm. And both of us like turned to each other. And I was like, what was that? I was so scared. Well, and the thing is, too, it didn't just like fall down the stairs. It was chucked with like force it was an angry spirit or person that threw this thing it was like boom it hit the wall and it like you know kept going like it like slid on the ground and stuff and i saw the whole thing and everyone was like what was that and i was like it was a little coffee pod thingy (laughs) and that's the same night that that i i told this story well ken and i told this story but basically cj and i were terrified we locked ourselves in a room because we also heard something walking behind us through the hallways and then all of a sudden we heard ken roaming the hallways calling for us in a very creepy manner i was about to leave your room to go to mine you had kind of calmed down it was like three in the morning <laughs> you had finally got me calm. <laughs> yeah, i finally like tucked you in and like braided your hair and you were finally ready to go to bed and i'm like walking to the door and we hear cj <laughs> <laughs> and you go it said my name it said my name <laughs> i ran into the shower and closed the shower curtain. <laughs> was he trying that? to scare you or like, what did he need? He was so stressed out because he had a, a demon keeping him up or something. I don't know, these people. That place was the hardest. Like just energetically when you walk in there and you're walking around the hallways, like if you want to be terrified, if you want to not sleep and meet a ghost, go to the Copper Queen in Bisbee, Arizona. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, and stay on the haunted floor. I think it's the fourth. The fourth floor. One more thing, CJ, at that place. Can you tell the story about what you woke up to in the middle of the night? Yeah, I was assaulted by a ghost in the room that, like, apparently there's, like, tugging on feet, tugging on hair, and scratching. In the middle of the night, like one in the morning, I woke up and I thought I had rolled over on my e-cigarette and my e-cigarette caught on fire. That's how badly my like side was burning. And I woke up and there's just like scratches down the side of my back. Yeah, I know that place really did a number on me. And then we ended up putting Juju in there. Poor Juju. <laughs> Whenever anything is like very terrible or scary, we're like, Juju can handle it. Like Totally. And then Juju got scratched in her neck. Remember, we were done filming for the day and she texted me and she was like, hey, I just got scratched. And we actually like turned the cameras back on and went up and filmed it. I don't think it makes the the final cut, but I think that it is like bonus 
content that you'll see at some point. Neither of those incidents were me, by the way. <laughs> My nails are, these are called coffin tips. They are flat at the bottom. They're not stilettos. And I was not leaving my room. Um, Wait, really quick. Are you going to tell what happens to me when I get really scared? That's on you. <laughs> You're like, I'm not going to out you, dude. That shit is yours. I give you permission because I think it'll be better coming from you. <laughs> when CJ gets scared, he farts. <laughs> and I was willing to be locked in a room in cold air so the windows weren't open. I'm so, I'm so sorry. But yeah, we were like sitting there waiting for the sun to come up because we were so terrified and I could not keep it in. You really couldn't. <laughs> but it was still better than... Than being alone. Totally. <laughs> if you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but Watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. But will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. So I want to know kind of your beliefs in this stuff. Kristen, did you, when did you start believing in this? Was it something from, from a young age or what? I don't know how well-rounded my beliefs are because, because you just can't know. And that not knowing just scares me to the bone. Like I can't, even if I was in like a newly built high-rise condo, I'd be like, yeah, but if I thought about it hard enough, I could probably manifest a, a something. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I can't be left home alone. I now live in a house that's kind of old and I don't know what the fuck I was thinking because I just can't be here without being like, eh. and I talk to ghosts all the time. I'm always like, not me, dude. Honestly, I'm not the one. I will not be a satisfying. Actually, maybe I'm outing myself as being a very satisfying target because like, I'll be like begging ghosts to not play with me. But okay. Now, that's assuming that they're ghosts that are from a long time ago. But, like, say if you're in a high-rise condo and they're younger ghosts and you're Kristen Stewart, I mean, don't you think that they're going to want to meet you? They're like, we took the elevator and we're here. <laughs> what up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really know how to speak to that. I feel like, you know, I, uh, I'm not the most approachable 
famous person. And so I feel like maybe I, I like really want, I want to project that as much as I possibly can. Not because I'm antisocial, because I'm genuinely fearful. <laughs> yeah, I think that that fear of the unknown, I mean, it can be fun, but I mean, I always feel like if a ghost wants to find you, they'll find you. Yeah. Someone didn't have to die there. You can find a ghost anywhere. I think that's why my preoccupation actually is like, if we were to unpack this, like clearly I'm a little obsessed because like, it is fun. I want it to be, there's this like, there's this like tapping in my plumbing and there's a drum on my second floor. There's like this little like box drum. And I was like, CJ, it was the first time I was alone in my house the other day. And I called him up and I was like, it's happening. Like it's immediate. (laughs) As soon as I'm alone in this house, like I can hear the little drummer boy upstairs, dude. And then I realized it's probably because like I had just flushed the toilet. (laughs) Do you know the history of this place that you're in now? No. I mean, it's like a house that was built in the 20s. And so it has one. I did some Googling, and it's actually where the drummer boy uh, was found (laughs) dead in 1926. (laughs) I don't want any of you motherfuckers to come to my house. You, you can come. But any of the magical (laughs) fucking, you know, the witch and the medium and the psychic, I'm like, I love you guys. Can we, like, go to dinner or something? Because you come to my house, and it's just going to, like... Oh, yeah. It's just going to bust the lid off everything, and then I'm going to have to know about it, and then I'm going to have to, like, deal with it. And I don't want to. (laughs) That's the thing. Those psychics, it's like, just don't tell me. Yeah. (laughs) Just don't even... Even if you're not 100% sure, just keep your mouth shut. I don't want to (laughs) know. Yeah, I think Juju is the only one that I would want in my space. Not like only one that sounds so mean, but like <laughs> she to me. I'm like Roz. Wow, I'm right invited. here. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the ones with super. I mean, look, I love them all. They're all welcome over to my house anytime. But I feel like Juju is the one that's like, all right, let's fucking get these ghosts out of here. Well, she'll come over and like move a few mirrors and like burn some sage and be like, yo, fuck off. And I'm like, uh, I don't know who wouldn't listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so Kristen, what was your first experience that you feel was like, this probably was a ghost, not plumbing? So my brother has actually like a terrifying ghost story that I was in the house for, but don't have a literal memory of because I was very tiny. But I think it has informed like my basic and ever-present fear of quote-unquote ghosts, whatever you want to call them, like whatever energy, spirit, blah, blah. But he had this like little, he called him Eggman, And he like ran screaming from rooms and they had to move out of this house. And like the picture that he describes is horrible. Like it's this little guy who floated around on an orb and like would take all of his toys and like throw them out of the crib. And then my brother would get in trouble for like making a mess in the room. And he was like, I didn't do it. It was Eggman. (gasps) And like Eggman had a smell. (gasps) And Eggman one day, my brother like ran down the hall and was like squealing. And my mom was like, what is going on? And he was like, Eggman came out of the room. He never does that. Like he like left the bedroom. And I'm like, this is the most terrifying fucking thing I've ever heard in my whole life. And so they moved out of the house. Because of Eggman? Yeah, because my brother was just like truly terrified. He couldn't hang. Like he had to get out of there. What did he smell like? I don't know. Like <laughs> CJ. Was it CJ? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Maybe I'm like filling in narrative blanks, but I feel like rotten egg. Like I feel like it was like a putrid kind of like unsavory stench. Yeah, that is something that CJ kept saying. Oh my God, I think there's a ghost in here. Do you smell that? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, don't they smell rancid? And you're like, no, you just farted, you asshole. (laughs) 
Yeah, but this is also like when people attribute bad luck to like having heard a song or something. Like my girlfriend is terrified of the song Hotel California, but I'm like, bad shit happens. You know what I mean? CJ farts <laughs> kind of consistently. <laughs> <laughs> like, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> not only when it's haunted, I will also fart when it's not haunted. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my first actual like ghost story which I will tell singularly and then open the floor to CJ because we also share one that really blew my head Ooh. off and was like emotional and, and much more like less of a scary situation and more of like a truly kind of spiritually transcendent one. But like I once woke up in a hotel in um, Regina, my favorite. Excuse me? City ever. <laughs> um, what did you just say? <laughs> woke up in Regina. Uh-huh. But there's this hotel that is very old and... Uh, I was like in this room with my mom. I was there making a movie and I was probably like 15. It was a movie about ghosts. So I don't know how obsessed I was at the time. Like everyone thought I made this up because they were like, you're so into the part. And I was like, trust me, I'm not into the part. Not like this. Like not, it's not. (laughs) We were like kind of like talking and about to go to sleep. And we had just turned the lights off. And my, I had a cat with me. And I thought he was for sure like on the nightstand because this bottle of water had like been knocked over and he was like kind of a, savage like he was just like had a lot of energy and would do shit like that and so i was like oh max like chill dude and then i felt him at my feet like sleeping and so i was like oh that's kind of weird and then all of a sudden i felt like my feet sort of like i felt like my legs had been kind of pushed down because they were up like my knees were up Mm. because i was i was like genuinely not sleeping and that was another thing that people tried to sort of debunk me on is that they were like you maybe you were dreaming i was like dude i wasn't even like laying fully down And so, like, all of a sudden, I was just sort of, like, straightened out. And so it made me open my eyes. And when I opened my eyes, it was a lady (gasps) in colonial garb. (laughs) Like, I feel like I was in, like, fucking bridesmaids. I was like, there's a colonial woman on the wing. I was like, there's a lady in old school clothes with, like, darkened features and rollers in her hair and sort of, like, looming over my bed like as high as the top of the drapery stop i i couldn't make a sound for a very long time just sort of went like i was just like reeling and then finally when i was like oh no and she just like didn't go away still no that's supposed to work i know and like my mom turned on the light and that's when it just like vanished and i was like okay well there's no You could not fucking convince me that I did not see a ghost or whatever that means to whoever is listening. And so then we like called the front desk and we were like, hey, do you guys get like, I don't know, people saying this stuff? And this woman in a very Canadian way was like, I'm sorry. No, we don't ever get that. Are you suggesting that there's a ghost in your room? And I was like, you motherfucker. That's gaslighting. I know. I was like, honestly, I'm going to come down there right now. I'm going to drag your ass up here and you're going to sleep in this room. Your mom saw it? No, not at all. I wish. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But that's pretty like canon. I have like a real classic. That's good. Yeah. That is good. I'm scared. Oh my God. CJ, have you ever woken up in Regina? I have never woken up in Regina, I can tell you that. CJ is a gold star, never woke up in Regina. (laughs) (laughs) Never once. I have zero plans to go to Regina. Oh, I love that, though. You're like, I just woke up here. I don't even know how I got here. (laughs) That's very funny. I haven't never been to Regina either. Um, Okay, (laughs) 
CJ, <laughs> tell us a ghost story. So this one involves both of us. Um, I'll backtrack a little bit. I had a friend that knew Kristen. I had introduced him to Kristen. He passed away in, I think, 2016 or 2017. Very tragically and very, like, instantly. And um, I was living with Kristen at the time. And so when he passed away, I went and helped his friend move, like, the stuff out of the room that he had. And I had a box of, like, a T-shirt, a hat. Like, he was a hairstylist, like, some hair clips. Just a box of his belongings in Kristen's house. And we had been talking for a while about how, like, I think Ryan's here. Like, I just feel it. Like, I like Kristen was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm being watched at night. Glasses were just, like, popping and breaking out of nowhere. Mm. Um, I even went on, like, a Tinder date with this guy. This is such a funny, random part of the story. Who came over. I think Kristen was out of town filming. He came over and we were having drinks in the kitchen. He was like, is this home haunted? The energy of, like, a man just walked behind you, like, who was, like, 28. Oh, <sighs> And I was like, that's so weird that you say that because my friend just passed away who was 28 years old. And I was like, are you like a medium or something? Like, why did you not put this on your profile? And he was <laughs> like, my aunts are both mediums and I like pick up on stuff all the time. Um, and so that date ended very quickly. But that was also just <laughs> confirming that Ryan was there. Um, so cut to this night where we had some friends over and um, Kristen lives in a gated community so I, the gate wasn't opening properly or something. And so I drove them down to the gate to help them get out of the property. So when I come back, it's just Kristen and our other friends sitting in the living room together. Basically, I came down the stairs and just kind of blacked out. And not like alcohol blackout. Like <laughs> It just something came over me. I'll let Kristen kind of take over from there. Cliffhanger. <laughs> so me and this friend were actually in the living room that we talk about feeling Ryan in. And we were talking about something totally non-related and then noticed that the lights were flickering, which is classic, but also they're on a dimmer and it was just like, all of a sudden they just sort of lowered. And I was like, dude, that's fucking Ryan, I'm telling you. Because like the dimmer, like the little physical thing that you need to dim the lights was actually low. It wasn't like we had lost power. It's not like we had sort of like a little power surge. Like the lights were fucking up and then they were down. And I was like, dude, that's Ryan. I'm telling you, like, it's uh, whatever. She didn't know him. And so I was telling the story of him because we had just lost him. And so then CJ comes back from driving his friend to the gate and he's walking down the stairs and suddenly just stops and kind of, I mean, not to take a sort of like definitely profound and, and delicate scenario and make it funny, but he looked all of a sudden like so truly possessed and like, I did think maybe he was having like a weird episode. Like I was like, bro, CJ, dude. And he just didn't hear a word I said and like turned toward this wall and just sort of walked like into it and then stopped and was like, hey, whoa. And then starts immediately like uncontrollably crying. Sobbing. Yeah. Painful sobbing. Me and our friend, like, we walked over to him and, like, put hands on him and, like, held him. And we were like, dude, what the fuck? I was worried. I was genuinely, like, I thought he was sick. I didn't, I, it was it's something that I've never seen any, anyone else do. Yeah. And then he just said that he felt all of a sudden, like, the immense sadness and loss, not, not of his, but of Ryan's. Like, he felt suddenly, like. As if I was him. 
Yeah. Like he had lost the opportunity to hang out. He had lost the opportunity. He shouldn't have left. Like he felt suddenly like this deep despair that could really only be had by somebody who wasn't able to like live among us anymore. And so that was just like, it's like, we didn't see a ghost. We just felt completely sort of walked into. Yeah. And I did feel like he was there like a hundred percent. Oh, he wanted to hang out with you guys. He saw you were having a good time. He did, and that's so, like, on brand for him, too. And it was weird because I had had a really hard time coping with his death um, because him and I weren't on the best terms when he passed away. And then after that experience, it was kind of like I was able to shed that. And it was kind of like we got to have that moment. And I just, like, had stopped crying, too, like, instantly, huh, Cray? Like, I was just like, what just happened? Like, I think that was, like, the first thing I said when I stopped crying. It wasn't like you had a sort of empathetic feeling and then cried about it. It was like suddenly you were racked sobbing and then suddenly you weren't. And you were like, what was that? And I was like, you fucking tell me. Yeah. And I didn't know. Whoa. So did it all end at, at that moment or did he still hang around? I was just there this morning, actually, because I moved out of that house, not because of this, but um, it's every time. And maybe it's just honestly there's a version of a kind of non-literal ghost story where like when I go into that space, that's what I think about. And there are ways that people live on in our bodies, like in a sort of physical memory sense. And like, you know, in an odd, ambiguous way, whether or not he is like haunting that space or his energy is or whatever, I don't ever, ever go through that space and not think about him. And I do feel watched, I swear, because he was like such a fucking bro. Like, I'm always, like, getting out of the pool or something and straight up be like, Ryan, fuck off. I'm changing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel it. Mm. Well, being, like, kind of scaredy cats a little bit, the two of you, when it's somebody that you knew and loved, is that a game changer? I mean, I always talk about, like, for me, because I've had loved ones that I feel like I've experienced as spirits, and I'm like, it's still kind of scary. Like, I feel bad saying it, but it's still kind of scary to me, but... I know a lot of people feel more comforted by that experience. I mean, how do you feel? I personally felt like for years, like I remember my first kind of interaction with death was when I was like seven years old and my grandfather passed away. And I remember I would like go to like my mom's closet, the section she had like all of his suits still. And I would like try and talk to him or try and have an experience like at seven years old. Like literally this has been like an obsession for most of my life. And there was no gratification. There was no, like, he didn't talk to me. You know what I mean? Um, So that moment, it was a game changer for me because I just, I know in my heart that that was 1 million percent an experience that was given to me by someone who was dead. You know what I mean? Like, and I felt so much better after. It's, It's hard to explain, but it felt like it was like Ryan being like, you can go on now. Like everything, we're good. You know what I mean? Dude, definitely. CJ, he was so genuinely, like, conflicted and bummed, like, truly in a way that was so lingering. And I definitely was like, dude, I can tell you right now, Ryan would walk up to you and give you an enormous bear hug and be like, are you kidding me? That doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter coming from me. And this experience genuinely let him off like a hook. Yeah. And, like, CJ was harboring weird guilt and shame and it was like an and and also like ryan's such a loving person it makes sense that he would be like no yeah don't do that like stop feeling bad yeah Mm -hmm. oh i like this story (laughs) (laughs) 
It's sort of like sometimes when people go to psychic mediums or something. And I know that's tough when things are unresolved or I mean, there's a variety of things, but I've seen it. I've seen it happen with the mediums that we worked with on this show of them giving messages from people to their loved ones and being like, listen, I know you have this thought about me or whatever, but it's fine. And that stuff can be so healing. Yeah, that was one thing that I know you and I had talked a lot about while filming, like these moments where you're like, we're filming like a fun ghost show, but then we have a really amazing medium with us who's like, hey, by the way, like, is there something like a wagon and a dog on the wagon? And then the specifics start coming through and the women are crying and you're just like (laughs) in the room like, oh my God, like this is actually like you are interacting with someone's like very personal life and stories and their trauma. It gets really real, real quick. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think that's like a beautiful thing about this show is that there is a lot of that as well as the fun and the the beautiful aesthetic of it. But then also, like, anyone that's about to watch the show, get that Kleenex box nearby, because you might need it. That's true. Have the two of you been to psychic mediums? No. Why not? Ken keeps being like, I gotta read you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. I, I would love to watch that. I I had a reading with some, one of our um, people that we were casting. He reached out and was like, I want to give you a reading. And, um... It was pretty intense, actually, yeah. Oh, uh, why Why is that? He literally <laughs> just bit his lower lip to stop himself from talking. <laughs> he goes, oh. No. Did it get you good? Yeah, he got me good. I was in my car, and I was on my, like, break from work, and we did it over the phone. And he had said some very spot-on things, like, very, very spot-on things to the point where he was like, your grandmother is coming through and telling you to stop it with the coffee. And that whole week before... I had been drinking so much coffee that it was like giving me like the worst acid reflex. And he's like, I don't know why I'm feeling like I'm going to throw up. And I was like, that's crazy because I literally last week threw up from drinking too much coffee. And CJ, you have not learned this lesson. You are constantly coughing. (laughs) I have not learned this lesson, no. But Kristen, is there a reason that you you haven't been to one? No, not at all. No, I just haven't. No, I mean, my friend did like a little like, woo girl tarot card reading the other night and we did definitely unearth some shit that was uncanny and i was like all right maybe there's something to this i love the conversation that that stuff starts like i feel like it's almost like it's like if you think of acting class as acting class it's not fun but if you're like yeah but you're going to therapy and you're just like self-indulging like it sort of is like it's like that person and whoever may be around watching and yourself, you're just directing all of your thought and energy towards one thing, which is you or whatever question you have or whatever. And I think like the power and multiplicity is so overwhelming and you can get some shit done. Like really, if you put three different people like on one subject, I don't know, like it gets spooky. It just does. And uh, I would love to do it with like a pro. You know what I mean? I've really only done it like with my friends that were like, let's try and figure some stuff out. Mm-hmm. You're making me realize like, because I always talk about how I've been to well over a hundred psychics in my day. And I do think it's, I want to pay someone to talk about me for an hour. Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay, let's just talk about me. (laughs) Um, I'm just so fascinated by people that created and are doing one of these shows. I'm so curious about, like, what do you guys think of Bigfoot, for example? Hot. Hot. (laughs) Smash. Daddy. Smash for sure. Okay, Mary Bang Kill. Ooh, fine. Bigfoot, 
Mothman <gasps> or the Loch Ness Monster? Go. I am fucking the shit out of Mothman. Oh, my God. Mothman has abs. <laughs> I've seen a lot of renderings of Mothman because those wings, if you think about it, that's a great ab workout. Yeah, totally. Wait, what was the third one? It was Bigfoot, Mothman. Mothman, Bigfoot, and Loch Ness. Oh, Loch Ness is getting killed because he's like a swamp monster. I think I'm going to like marry Big... No, you know what? I'm going to marry Mothman. Yeah. So he can fly you around. Yeah, and then I'm going to do sex with Bigfoot because if he's got big feet, <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Damn. <laughs> um, okay, and Kristen? Um, I'm going to kill the Loch Ness Monster because I'm really not a water baby. Like, I- I'm scared of water. I don't need to be like... But what if you're, like, dating the biggest creature in the water? <laughs> What's there to be afraid of? I'm more existentially afraid of Mothman. Therefore, I would like to have sex with him. Oh, an interesting insight. Yeah, and then the, like, literal fear thing with the water is just, like, that's practically uncomfortable for me. I that's It's not, like, a very thoughtful thing. It's a real survival instinct is, like, I feel like a cat. Totally. And then Bigfoot, for sure, because I'm a little guy and he could, like, do a bunch of stuff for us. You know what I mean? You would marry Bigfoot? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. He seems nice too. He looks like like Harry Hen- like Harry Henderson. What was that show? Harry like, and the Hendersons. Yeah, that's like what I picture. That's so sweet. That's cute. Yeah. I mean, I like all of these people because they're very like they don't want the attention. They're like, just leave me alone. I'll make an appearance here and there. And then the paparazzi gets them sometimes. The paparazzi every time. Yeah, I feel like Bigfoot is so grounded. He'd be, like, good for us all. I will say that, like, I think that nothing is off the table. When it comes to beliefs? Yeah, I just feel like, you know, as soon as I'm like, oh, there's no way, like, that can be possible. There's a YouTube video or a TikTok about the thing that I was like, there's no way a person can have two penises. And then... Sure enough, it comes up on my Explorer page. Like, the man was born with two penises. I'm like, well, there you have it. You know what I mean? So He was born with two penises? Two, yeah. He's a grown man. A grown man, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. He's a real grower. <laughs> and, a, and a shower. <laughs> Wait, are they to the side of each other or on top of each other? They're on top of each other. Imagine they're facing each other. They have, like... They're, like, standing at attention, (laughs) saluting each other. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) I'm fascinated by this. Okay, but anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. No, 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 no. Okay, so just overall, yeah, you're open-minded to everything. Yeah, very much so. I don't think we have, like, the minds to really, you know, we, like, express in words, but that doesn't mean that that's, like, the sort of limit of our experience. I still think, like, everything's completely on the table because we are cockroaches. We don't know anything or nor do we have the terms for it like our desire to tell ourselves stories like i think that they're in really basic sort of like insect terms that we can like understand in order to like carry on and not be so fearful Mm -hmm. and that all of those conversations are bullshit but elicited by a very overwhelming truth that i think is like the unknown and it's scary but i still believe in it i'm like whatever that is it's real there's too many overlapping experiences there are too many like dire dire needs to explain things but i just don't think we're ever going to but that doesn't mean that i think that it's bullshit like if you only believe in things that can be proven you are the definition of a, of a moron like yeah <laughs> yeah well said 
I'm always like, I'm a comedian that makes jokes about ghosts. Like, if I had all the answers, like, I'm I'm aware of myself enough to be like, I don't know everything. I can't believe the people that are like, I know everything, and that's fake. I'm like, who are you? Like, how would you know everything? Why are we not, like, worshiping you if you know all the (laughs) answers? Are you guys UFO girls or what? Oh, I am so in for UFOs, especially after this Vegas thing that was happening. Did you hear about this? Uh, yeah, don't forget the Mexico alien. What? There's a... Me- oh, the Mexican alien. Yes. <laughs> yes. I forgot about the Mexican alien. Yeah, for sure there's aliens. Come on. That's kind of like to your point, like, oh, do we really think that we're the only things existing in like all of the universes and galaxies and all of the things? I think that they're out there. I think do they look like how the movies and TV has portrayed them to look? Okay. Maybe not, but... I just met with this... Um fucking incredibly smart cool person who is also a filmmaker but like went to some ai conference and all the ai people were like let's talk about how you guys can integrate ai into film and ask us anything and all the filmmakers were just like fuck movies what is going on (laughs) you know what i mean like (laughs) we don't care about the movie part let's like what are you most fearful of blah blah like basically he was like the elite members of society slash just rich people with a lot of money are already like going up and living somewhere else. And that like these UFO things happen absolutely every single day. Like look up and you like, maybe you're not actually seeing it, but that they happen around us all the time. And I was like, dude, go away from me. I don't need this. I'm already so scared of everything. Like shut up. (laughs) Do you like kind of believe that a little bit? As a story, it just makes so much sense. Like, I definitely believe, like, in it to the extent that I believe in absolutely everything and nothing. But yeah, for sure, I could see that happening. It makes too much sense. What about haunted dolls? What do you guys think about that as a concept? People love haunted dolls. They love to think that all these damn dolls have a ghost attached to them. People send me pictures nonstop. Do you think it's possible that a a doll could have a ghost in it? Are ghosts, like, more into possessing or like inhabiting dolls because they can kind of be like what they used to be like why not inhabit Ooh. like uh you know dresser a drawer banana. yeah inhabit a banana inhabit like because a banana will die soon someone will eat the banana <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's a really good point that yeah maybe they're like ooh, that's like a thing i can i can have eyes and nose and a mouth and arms again and it's a baby so i, I get to like start over <laughs> For me, this story is a little convenient. Like, that stuff seems like I believe in ghosts and I believe in all the things that we don't know having, like, a valid potential realness to them. But this sounds like two kindergarten storybook. Do you know what I mean? It's like, of course, the fucking doll. Like, that just sounds like something a person made up. But, again, I bet they're all fucking haunted. Somewhere, Alex is cringing right now. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> Alex is all into these haunted dolls. <laughs> yes. Well... <laughs> You know, I always entertain the idea of things being, like, haunted, not necessarily, like, yes, people can die in a location and be haunted, whatever, yes. But also, (laughs) I think that there's things where, like, if enough people are like, that thing is scary, that thing looks haunted, Mm. that thing, whatever, like, it could manifest into that. I think it's possible. Like at the Clown Motel. Yeah. The Clown Motel. Yeah. You loved the Clown Motel. CJ... I did not. Don't you dare. (laughs) Don't put that rumor out there. You loved sleeping there. No. 
I hate it. Kristen, the idea of sleeping in a haunted hotel. Now, I know you did uh, accidentally, but if you know the place is haunted and you're going to sleep there, how does that make you feel? Because for me, not good. No, I I sent all of you out to do that so I could watch. (laughs) I'm a watcher. But yeah, I like to watch that and giggle and be like, oh my God, what happened? But yeah, when I did visit you guys, me and CJ like went into the attic, but it was daylight and it just wasn't the right. I think the ghosts were hiding because I am such a pussycat. No, the ghost hugged you. Remember? I got chills for sure. But also then we were like, there's a window open. I, I wanted that to be real. And I'm such a scaredy cat. But I was like, oh, although at night, that place was not chill. No. Yeah, that was the Lemp Mansion in um, St. Louis. And that's the place when I went up into that attic, I started vomiting. Oh, yeah. That's actually very, very, very true. And I thought you were joking at first. I was like, oh, this is like a fun bit. <laughs> Until I... <laughs> I'm dying. I'm like listening in on my feet. I'm just like, cool. And then as soon as I saw it coming out of your mouth, I was like, oh, my God. This is actually happening. Roz is like, I'm going for the Emmy. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. I love Logan's reaction too. He's like, oh my God, I can't. Should I go get someone? I can't do this. I can't deal with this. Oh He's like, my too- God. He's literally like, Juju, Juju, come <laughs> out. I'm scared. Yeah. He's just squawking like a parrot. He's no help. But to be fair, when he, the few times he got possessed, I was no help, so I don't blame him. I'm like, I don't know what to do in this situation. Um, You guys, this is so cool that you did this. Thank you. This is fun. Thanks for having us, Mommy. <laughs> Let's just talk about the show real quick at the end here. Um, favorite episode? One that resonates the most with you guys? I like the first and the last. I really love getting to know you guys. Like, I love... The first episode, because you guys have just all come together and it feels kind of like, okay, what are we, like, who are we to each other? And like, how are we going to like be a team? And also the clown motel is just like the weirdest destination in America. Yeah. yeah. And I love the sort of hosts or whatever, like the guys who own that hotel are the most adorable little fuckers. Like they were so sweet and like, they love the clowns. Yeah. They're so cute. Um, And then the last one, I just think it was like, Ugh, it did everything that it, that me and CJ dreamt the show could have done at its sort of most ambitious, which was like, be a show about homies, people that love each other, people that like, you know, are brave enough to go into these spaces and help people who kind of need to process something, do it with like a lot of compassion and support and like love and care. And then also that place is scary as hell. Like I just had all of the elements and I was like, so proud of you guys. Mm-hmm. And so proud of like us because like, you know, it just started as nothing. And then like once everyone came together, it so naturally informed itself. I just was like, it's so fucking emotional and stupid and funny. And like, I love you guys. I I like, if we don't get to do it again, I'll be so bummed because I want to see like, I want to see it develop. Like, I want to see you guys push it even further and get more like freedom and control and like make it fucking yours and yeah, blah, blah. So proud of you guys. I can't wait to hang out tonight. I've spent so little time with you. I'm so jealous. CJ gets to like kick it constantly. Made the whole show with you. I was only there for like five minutes. Oh, yeah. Tonight we're going to we're gonna hang out and celebrate the show. And I can't wait. Yeah. CJ, what's your favorite episode of Living for the Dead? Currently now on Hulu. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, they're all great. They're all like hugs from you guys who I love and adore so much. And... They're 
equally spooky. They're equally like have the heart, the laughter. Roz, you make me laugh every time you're on the screen. Icon. Um, you know, I just watched the House of Wills episode the other night. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a strong episode because you guys get in there and you're just doing your thing. And you are so hilarious in it. Um, <laughs> you were with me and we were terrified. <laughs> I was with you the whole time on that episode and we were very terrified. Um, also, Copper Queen is a really strong one. That place genuinely, to your point, Roz, is the scariest place. And if I never have to sleep there again, I, I won't. And um, Well, now I feel like we have to. I'm feeling so left out of this, even <laughs> though I'm like, I'm scared. I'm like, oh, I want that. Do it. <laughs> Please do it and then come back on this podcast and report. <laughs> right. Just to instill my deep fear of coffee pods. <laughs> so the Copper Queen to me personally is the scariest one, because I was there and I actually slept there. And so when I watch it, it's like, I have like trauma. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like reliving that trauma. But um, it's also a very strong episode. They're all great. I hope everyone loves the show. I hope that you love the show, Roz. Um, and I'm just so proud of you. Who's your favorite of the five cast members? Kill, Mary. <laughs> no! <laughs> Kill four and keep one. I am going to plead the fifth and then just say that Kristen's my favorite cast member. She's the sixth oh, cast oh. member. The narrator. <laughs> the narrator. Recognize. <laughs> well, oh, also, CJ, I should publicly acknowledge um, that I am very bad at hair and um, <laughs> was very stressed about having to do my own hair and you are a professional hairstylist I am and refused to do it for me so I had to do the entire season my own hair and it was very frustrating having you right there yeah I would go to your room about two hours before our call time and I would just sit on your couch and watch me (laughs) yeah I'm just kidding. CJ did my hair. <laughs> Thanks, CJ. It was actually so fun. I was nervous at first because I was just like, oh my God, like, I can't fuck up Roz's hair. She's a real and bitch. And then we got... Roz is a real a- bitch. She's known around Los Angeles. <laughs> and if she's not yet, I'll make sure everyone knows. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, we had we a blast. It was like so nice to just go to your room and like, we could just like decompress before like a long day of work. So it was like, it was cool. Yeah. I liked it. I jumped in on that the day that I came to CJ was like, oh, I'm going to go do Ross's hair. I was like, oh, where? She, he was like, oh, like in her room. And I was like, I'm fucking coming to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, CJ came to my room to do my hair. And I was like, oh, Kristen Stewart's here. I probably could have <laughs> uh, put some of my laundry away. Um, <laughs> thanks, CJ. Um, well, why didn't you have that same consideration for me? I got real comfortable <laughs> around you. And also, the things I've smelled that have come out of your body, I don't really care anymore. Um, Good point. Hey, guys, thanks so much. Tell one last time the pitch for the show for people to watch it. Free, take it away, the narrator. <gasps> yeah. So I'm kind of like uh, tonally um, like so different from the show in my narration. I almost sound like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. I literally am like, oh, don't go in there, dude. So let me just say, you know how you're like living for the dead. They yes. like tried to have me do that for the trailer. And I was like, uh, living for the dead. <laughs> Obviously, you had to step in and help out. Living. You got to do the guh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll try that next time. But the show is audacious. Ooh. It is queer as hell. It is curious. It mm. is explorative. It really unearths some real life 
problemos and does away with them with heart and humor. And, you know, you guys traverse some areas that I would never set foot into. And so like for anyone who is a little pansy like me, you can just watch the show and have a gay old time <laughs> with some really cool, fucking funny, queer fuckers. How was that? Was that a good pitch? How did I get the show made? <laughs> that was great. I want to watch it right now. <laughs> that was great. And I'll add one thing to that because it was really well said. You guys look amazing in it too. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you guys look so cool. Yeah. Like superheroes. Like you all have your own thing. Like when it is said that this is like a queer ghost hunting show, I think that some people might hear that and be like, what does that mean? That only the ghosts mm-hmm. are queer? Or does that mean like, I don't understand why the people have to be gay or queer or whatever. But it is a show done through a queer lens. And I do think that there's a way of I mean, queer culture is a culture. And for sure, this cast in particular is a very diverse spectrum of LGBTQ. But we have like a a lot of things in common. We have ways of speaking that are queer. We have um, ways of handling situations that are queer. The aesthetic is queer. Um, The humor is queer. Like all of that is a part of it, though, like culture as it is just in general, mainstream culture and stuff, a lot of it comes from queer culture. So it's like, it's familiar to, I think, everyone. Um, But it is a very queer show. It is a very queer show. And I think we found a lot of themes for these episodes that we weren't, we didn't like really plan or think ahead. Like a lot of like chosen family conversations were had, a lot of like relating to as a queer person how you can relate to like a spirit or a ghost Mm -hmm. those conversations so i think it's it's a show that like really takes you there too where you're like wow i never really thought about that comparison but like to your point it's like a queer lens and so we get to see that version of it which is so fun yeah it's like not like a sort of bro-y take it's not the guys who are going in and like provoking spirits and getting like (laughs) demon voices to be like But then you still get the sort of like hot goth thing from Alex and she like brings that in a way that I've never seen. You know what I mean? It's like these people are people that would be my friends. And so therefore Mm -hmm. I would prefer to hang out with them while they went and did scary stuff. And it's a really ingratiating group. It feels like a hug. I mean, it genuinely feels like safer to be with you guys. And therefore I'm like down to do scary shit with you. Yeah. And shout out to Scout Productions while we're here talking about this show because they killed it. We love them over there. Yes. And our lovely director, Elaine. We love her too. And Olivia. The whole crew. The whole crew was amazing. Yeah. We got really lucky with that for sure. One more question. What was your favorite thing about me on the show? <laughs> um, okay. Are you asking like in person while we were filming or when watching? All it? of it. <laughs> okay. I have two answers. I'll give you the one that was like the in-person one. When we filmed, we filmed in like January, February, and it was freezing cold, like freezing, freezing cold. And Roz gets very cold very easily and does not like being cold. (laughs) And so there was moments like when we're like, you know, packing up equipment or like running somewhere. And I just look over and you just are making fists, like staring off into nothing. And I just knew in that moment that you were just trying to compose yourself from losing it so hard. But I just found it so endearing and so funny that you were just like probably counting backwards from 10. (laughs) And I just was like, oh my God, that's my girl. I love her so much. She's such a trooper. Um, And then on the show, I think that is the thing that I think everyone's going to love about you is that 
when moments are like building and building and building and we're like, where are we going? Where is the show taking us? And then it just cuts to you and you're just like in a dark closet eating like a potato chip. And you're just like, <laughs> I'm fucking scared. And when I get scared, I eat. And I think it's just that breadth of like humor that's needed in these ghost hunting shows that I, I am just so happy that you were a part of it and that you are that breath of fresh air. Oh, and you are a breath of not fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing is actually like post joke or even after you've done like a kind of serious interview, like sidebarring thing, because we do that a lot where we like pick you guys off and ask you questions and stuff. My favorite thing is after you'll say something, we linger on you for just a minute while you like <laughs> marinate in what you have just said. <laughs> you are like, I don't know how the fuck you do it. Like you could be saying nothing and just the way you like inhabit the space with like this like ironic self-awareness. You're like, oh yeah, what we're doing is kind of wild. And like, I don't know how you always make that fine. This is good. This is good for your podcast. You're going to have to just cut this up. But (laughs) just take it as an actual, but just take it as an actual compliment. Literally, we would be dying. Like in edits, my biggest note always was like, do not cut after that joke. Let it breathe for a second because do you see your fucking face afterwards? (laughs) Like always little moments after. Yeah. It's so fun to edit you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, Beavis, butthead. (laughs) thank you guys so much for joining me and thank you for casting me on this show what a dream thank you for being on it yeah can't even imagine the show without you on it would have sucked i have one question for you roz if and when we do a season two do you have a dream location or destination or where do you like want to go I think Kristen's house, because I keep seeing something, <laughs> a little drummer boy behind oh, God. Um, I would say my dream location, um, I really want to go to New Orleans. I really want to go to Salem. I like going to the big places, like the iconic places. And, you know, I'm never afraid, even on this podcast, to talk about things that people have already explored on TV shows or podcasts or whatever, because I'm like, well, this is going to be like the queer version, the Raw's version, the whatever. So I'm not afraid of going to like those places that everyone already knows. But God, I have I have a list. Oh, you know what's my favorite haunted place in Los Angeles? The Hollywood Wax Museum. Oh. Not Madame Tussauds. The Hollywood Wax Museum. It's a different one. There might be a Kristen Stewart, now that I think about it. I don't know. but No, I think there's probably a Rob. Ooh. He's just funnier to make a wax figure out of. (laughs) Well, these wax figures, you just got to see them for yourself. But that place is haunted. And I had heard that already. And I went there one time on a date. And I was like, I asked the employees, I was like, have you ever heard about this place being haunted? And they were like, how'd you know that? We just had something happen. And I was like, well, I Googled it. But <laughs> they kind of confirmed for me that it is haunted. But a haunted wax museum on Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> that is really fun for sure. Okay. Anyway, you guys are busy. Thanks for doing this. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye, Roz. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much to Kristen and CJ. Halloween time, tons of new people come in to listen to something spooky, and I so appreciate you guys stopping by. However, I just want you to know that I'm spooky 
all year round. So even next week, the next week, I keep it going. I've got some amazing celebrity interviews coming up, some hilarious comedians coming up on the show. So please subscribe to the show and continue to listen and spread the word. Have a wonderful Halloween. Be safe out there. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! This has been an Exactly Right production. Want to share your paranormal experience on the podcast? I read stories out loud, and sometimes I'll even call you. So email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. You can send a DM or voice message to the show's Instagram at ghostedbyroz. Give us a follow while you're there. And follow me, Roz, on Instagram at rozhernandez and on TikTok and Twitter at itsrozhernandez. My senior producer is the startling Jiha Lee. Associate producer is the alarming Christina Chamberlain. This episode was mixed and sound designed by the eerie Edson Choi. My guest booker is the petrifying Patrick Kotner. Additional production support from the hair-raising Hannah Kyle Crichton. My theme music is by the spine-chilling Brendan Lynch-Salomon. Artwork by the spooky Vanessa Lilac. Photography by the terrifying Elizabeth Karen. Executive produced by the chilling Karen Kilgariff, the spooky Georgia Hardstark, and the frightening Danielle Kramer. Follow Ghosted by Roz Hernandez on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Ghosted by Roz Hernandez merch.